If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multi-Amory Podcast. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we are talking about ch-ch-ch-changes. Turn and face <laughs> the straight ch-ch-changes. Yes, and we're going to do it all in the form of a musical. No, we're not. No. Sadly, <laughs> we're not. I know, right? It would be awesome. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm Emily. I'm Jace. And on this episode, we're talking about change in relationships and life changes. And uh, we're going to go over a lot of different scenarios that can be stressful changes in your life and in your relationships. Some even good changes can be stressful at the same time. Uh, And then we're also going to talk about some tips on how to make change a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, Dedeker is on a plane as we record. Right. I mean, not unfortunately. Nice for her, but... I mean, nice for her, but it's unfortunate that she's not here with us. Yes. Yes. And (laughs) that we are missing her so much, so... So much. Safe travels, Dedeker. And we only have two-part harmony in our musical... Exactly. Instead of three-part harmony... Exactly. ...which we could have had if she was here. I know. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, so Emily, talk to me about change. Um, What's... What, what what are we talking about here? Like what what what's bringing this up? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think you and I have both like been through a lot of change in the last couple years. My goodness, mm-hmm. a huge yeah. amount. Like from you know the two of us separating and like well initially even before that like turning to polyamory and being polyamorous to begin with like. That's a huge change. Sure, yeah, even even before that. So yeah, yeah maybe over the last four years has been, yeah. been a lot of change. God, yeah. You're right, yeah. Um, right, sure, changing from being monogamous to being mm-hmm. polyamorous. Um, yeah, and then with us no longer being in romantic relationship, yeah. like, that was a big change. And then we've also had changes in our other relationships and in our jobs. For and, sure. You know, families, like all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think that's pretty common. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's that's sort of the universal thing here is that change is universal. Change yeah. is, you know, life is change. Um, that, you know, the only thing that's constant in life is change. Yes. Uh, and so that's why this is an important topic to talk about, because it does happen all the time. Yeah. Um, life is ever changing. So let's let's go over some kind of examples and maybe share some of our experiences or, or, you know, ways that these can affect your life and your relationships. Yeah. Um, so the first one is going to be the loss of a job or even acquiring a job. Right. Or multiple in my case. <laughs> well, sure. Of having like five jobs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I currently have four jobs, um, three regular restaurant jobs, and this all like kind of happened since I think, uh, November of this year. And, or of last year. And so, yeah, I mean, that has changed my life hugely just because of the lack of time that I have at any at any given point. Sure, right. So, like, when you, when you look online for stuff about dealing with change in mm-hmm. your life, a lot of times it's either about 
change that you're doing intentionally, like trying to change a habit or change your lifestyle, or it's about dealing with some sort of negative change, right? Yeah. Like dealing with a breakup or a divorce or a death. Um, and you know, one of the things we wanted to point out is that when it comes to stressful change, it can also be positive things. It mm -hmm. could also be acquiring a job. Uh, because it's going to change what your routine is like. It's going to change how much free time you have. Yeah. And so if we're thinking about this from the point of view of dating or having relationships or having multiple relationships, which can be a lot more demanding of your time, um, acquiring a new job could be really exciting, but also all of a sudden that other partner who only works evenings and now you work daytimes, Yeah. that's going to be a lot more challenging for you to see each other. For sure. Uh, yeah, that these are all... <laughs> big changes. Uh, I mean, another one is the example of moving, moving to a new city or even a new country. And I don't mean moving separately. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, but moving together. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, let's see, twice now have moved with a partner. Hmm. Um, this is back when I was monogamous, um, but I moved to, well, moved short term to Russia with a partner and Crazy. then moved from there to Seattle with a partner. Yeah. Uh, that same partner. Uh, and then years later, moved to Los Angeles with a partner. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like those things are huge stressors on your relationship. Oh, for sure. Because you're in a new place. You don't have the same, uh, you know, you don't have the same routines. You don't have the same friends. Like you're reestablishing all of that. And it can be, uh, you know, as I experienced, <laughs> very stressful Slash, on yeah. that relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Like causing it to end potentially. Right. It can. Yeah. Yeah, it can. It doesn't have to, but, um, Definitely. I know. Yeah. And that thing that you looked up, you said moving or, or changing cities can be just a, yeah. One of the most stressful things on a relationship or on a person period. Yeah. Yeah. But it's up there in terms of the amount of stress that that can cause yeah. uh, in your life. Yeah. Um, I mean, another one that we have here is is a death, um, mm -hmm. which, like I said, when you look up, you know, ways to cope with change or cope with stressful situations, like this is one of the number one things that yeah. will come up is about coping with a death um, or the loss of somebody. Uh, and yeah, and the thing too is in relationships, this could be, uh, you know, your partner losing someone as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and then to complicate it even further, it could be that you have multiple partners and one of them has a death in the family. Mm -hmm. And that can then trickle down and become maybe a source of stress in another relationship of yours. Yeah, right? for sure. Or, you know, maybe one of your partners has another partner who has something like that happen in their family. And yeah. it might make them have less time for you. Or they might be more emotionally drained by dealing with that. Exactly. That they don't have the same emotional patience that you're used to them having for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, things like that. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, but then, like, the one that we want to talk about a few of these, though, that are a little more specific to, to polyamory. polyamory, or mm -hmm. at least to, to dating in general. Uh, and the first of these is one that, as you who listen to the show know that I'm very familiar with, mm -hmm. is changing from a close proximity relationship, meaning you live in the same city, mm -hmm. to a long-distance relationship. Uh, you know, as, as you know, about 10 months ago, Dedeker started traveling yeah. uh, and has been doing that for 10 months now, um, where you know, not only is it long distance, but it's also across the world. It's yeah. not just like a five-hour drive. It's not, you know, it's a little more involved to be able to see each other. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something that, especially when that first 
started. And I've been thinking about this because I, I met a friend recently in Japan who just moved away from Japan after being there for a while and is now doing a long distance relationship with her partner from there. And that, and has been, you know, we've been talking about how hard that is. And it, what's interesting for me is that it reminded me, well, you know, just of how hard that is for one, but it also did help me to see how, how that has gotten better for me. Yeah. That I remember, I mean, Emily remembers this very well. Oh, for sure. When Dedeker was first leaving, I was a mess. Like it was awful. I was incredibly sad about it. And that over time now, it's not, it's not so upsetting. Like I'm still sad to not be around her, of course. but it's not something that's like dominating my thoughts yeah, in terms of being upset or, or being sad about that. Of course. And it's something that, you know, in talking with my friend have been tr- trying to say, Hey, you know, if you stick with it, like <laughs> it does get a little bit easier. I promise yeah. it doesn't seem like it right now, but you do kind of get used to change. Uh, and that's sort of a theme of some of the things that we're going to be talking about today is this idea that we all adapt all the time, mm-hmm. that we're always changing, um, and that the one of the tricks that we'll get into more later with change is accepting that change is part of life and not trying to hold on to the past or wanting things to go back to the way that they were or thinking they always have to stay the same. Yeah. Um, but I've found that the more I was able to accept the fact that our relationship is long distance... And getting to appreciate the things that come with that, um, it, you know, that the excitement of getting to see each other, you know, even though it's more rare, yeah. the fact that it's like we'll get to see each other for a longer amount of time or a more intense amount of time or something. Well, plus you get to like go to different countries when you see sure. her. Sure, yeah. Then in my case, super awesome. yeah, when I go to see her, like I get to go to another country like yeah. Japan. Um, and but then you know, and also I get to hear about her adventures in other countries, mm-hmm. and you know that there's just sort of focusing on what is yeah. rather than what I might wish it was or what I thought it was going to be or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Emily, why don't you take the next one here? This sure. Kind of in a similar vein of, of a relationship change. Yeah, I mean, um, it, changes in existing relationships will sometimes happen. Like, in the example of Jason and I, when we decided to become polyamorous, the mm-hmm. change from mon- monogamous to polyamorous, right. uh, gosh, that was a really big change, one that we had to think a lot about and, you know, do a lot of, like, self-realization and self-work and stuff Mm -hmm. um, in moving through that. Uh, And then, you know, in the same way, like, a monopoly relationship to a poly-poly relationship, like, we have friends... Where one partner was polyamorous and and one was monogamous, and then, yeah, they... The monogamous partner decides, like, hey, I want to try this out. Like, I actually do think that there's some value to it, and I've seen you do it for a while, and I want to explore that. Um, Even for the polyamorous partner, if they've had a lot of time to be polyamorous and, like, can conceptually accept that, even, like, that change can sometimes be very jarring and uh, very difficult, potentially, like, and a lot of feelings can come up from Mm -hmm. that, even ones of jealousy or, you know, not rational thoughts or whatever, um, just because it is a it is a you know change in the relationship that you once had, right? That even yeah. if even if you're poly and have been poly a long time, mm-hmm. when your monogamous partner switches to being poly, that can be hard, and and you'll be like, you know, and we've seen this with multiple friends of ours yeah, yeah. in that situation. It's like, gosh, like that's 
why is this so hard? Like, yeah, this is, it's like this doesn't make sense. This is something like, I'm familiar with, and it's because it's a change. Yeah, it's because of that. You know, change is difficult. Like, we want to think that we always know what to expect, and so when we enter these times where things are changing and we don't feel as much like we know what to expect from the future, that does get. It's scarier. It's a lot yeah, harder. Yeah, and I think you can um, you can like have a, a sense of like preciousness to relationships. Sometimes you're like, well, I know this is a known quantity. I like know what this is going to be. It, I, mm-hmm. it matters to me very much, and like I understand the box that I put it in. And then when mm. that box is kind of taken away, which often you know so often happens in polyamory in general, right. and that can be like a really jarring experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, regardless of whether or not you're polyamorous with other people and they have partners, mm-hmm. if you're with a monogamous person and they have never done that before, it, it can definitely be scary. Right. And, yeah. and so, again, in talking about the kind of accepting the change, like mm-hmm. we were saying, when we first transitioned from being monogamous to polyamorous, it was it was very difficult. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you don't always know how it's going to be difficult in advance. It's like things, no, things right. will come up or, or you just sort of feel the sense of discomfort because yeah. of the change. Um, but then that it does also get better with time. Yeah. And the positive changes that come and you're it, those surprise you as well. Sure. When you're yeah, like, wait a minute, yeah. shit, like this thing <laughs> now actually turns me on or like, I'm really excited by the prospect of my partner dating someone else. And like, mm-hmm. I'm really happy for them and that I get to see them be excited about someone like that brings me joy. And that change can also be, it can be really positive, but also like Surprising, Right. Yeah. 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 And so that's another one. Just Mm -hmm. like in in talking to my friend about transitioning into a long distance relationship where I kind of have to be like, I know you might not believe it right now and this might not be the most comforting thing right now, but it does get better. Mm -hmm. Like it does Mm -hmm. get less painful. You, you get used to it and you also learn to find the good things in it. Yeah. The same thing in when people transition from monogamy to polyamory, one of the kind of jokes in the poly community is that you spend more time talking about being poly than actually being poly. Yeah. That's a really good point. Uh, And I definitely think that for most people, ourselves included, that was true. Yeah. At least at the beginning. First, Year, two years, years, six months or a year. No, not two years. Not two years, but yeah, at least six months to a year, you're right. Yeah, but it does start to, as you have all those conversations, which are incredibly important to do, you start to need them less and you start to get more used to this. And that conversation is kind of a way of coping with that change for in a sure. way of, of, of like, like kind are of we all on the same page footing. here? Yeah, yeah. Like I know. And I mean, communication, like we'll talk about this more, obviously the thing that we talk about <laughs> across the board and all of our podcasts is communication, communication, communication. Yeah. Definitely. And yeah, especially when these changes are happening, like for me, if I have a change in my life with my partner or partners, then mm-hmm. to be on the same page and to kind of like figure out where they're at is incredibly important to me at least. Yeah. Um, and, well, and I think another big part of this and, um, is the idea of, of communicating about things and talking about things, getting support, mm-hmm. not only from your partner, but also from other people yeah. because understanding that other people either have gone through or are going through the same things that you are, mm-hmm is really helpful yeah. because one of the things in change is you feel like everything's falling out from under you sure. and that you're alone. Yeah, yeah. And even if, you know, like when we were transitioning from monogamy to polyamory, our experiences were not the same. No. And so we would talk to each other a lot 
but it wasn't until later when I, we had a little more of a community yeah. and more like other people that we could talk to about it that yeah. I think we both had sort of a stronger foundation. Sure, yeah. Um, that community you know, is really important. Yeah, exactly. Just understanding that you're not alone. Yeah. That yeah. other people feel the same things that you do or have dealt with those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one, one that I can't specifically speak about as well, and I don't know if you can either, just but monogamous to swinging. Um, you know, we've we've had Cooper S. Beckett on the show and mm-hmm. various people who um, well, yeah, I, are swingers. Yeah, yeah, I would recommend you know for that one um, checking out uh, his book, My Life on the Swing Set. Which is, you know, a book put together from a bunch of his blog posts yeah. over the course of many years from from he and his wife first kind of trying swinging to ending up being more polyamorous yeah. and the sort of the whole spectrum there. But yeah, a lot of the same stuff of like needing a lot of conversation, like understanding there's going to be surprises, yes. uh, finding a community of people to not only not only to help you. Uh, you know, understand that you're not alone, but also to help you out with some tips and things that maybe you could learn your on your own. Sure, but will be less painful if you learn them from someone else. <laughs> Meaning, like if you go to a swingers party and just to have like a guideline, yeah, or what to, is it? Yeah, I guess like exactly? to, yeah. to kind of get advice from people who've done it before. Sure, instead sure. of just feeling like you've Jumping got it all figured out. Like, I mean, the same eh. with polyamory, like yeah. listening to a podcast before you do it, or, like this one. Yeah, <laughs> or you know. <laughs> Reading books and, and uh, you know, there's only so much you can learn not, you know, you've got to actually do something to really learn about it. But, yeah. I, but um, one of my favorite sort of wise sayings or whatever is that, uh, you know, everyone talks about the importance of learning from your mistakes. Mm. And the saying that I like goes, yes, but any fool can learn from his mistakes, but a wise man learns from the mistakes of others. Hmm. So that kind of that's why we try on this show to share with you some things that we're like, yeah, we wish we'd known this because yeah. <laughs> saved you us wise some, men and women out trouble. there, yes, yeah, can learn from Let our you mistakes. You be wiser than us, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll make all the mistakes over here, <laughs> and then you can do all the learning. Uh, no, I'm sure we'll leave plenty for you to make for yourself. And that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, anyway, so with with swinging, same thing. It's, yeah, it's kind of uh, you know reading about that, understanding what some of the mistakes are. Yeah. Um, I, do your you know, research. I, I really like the book for polyamory. I really like the book The Game Changer mm-hmm. by Franklin Vo because it talks about a lot of mistakes and a lot of difficulties in the form of a memoir. Kind yeah. of like Cooper S. Beckett's My Life on the Swing Set. Is yeah. It's not like an instruction book. It's more hey, here's what happened with me and the things that I learned from it. Yeah, well, I mean, To me, even, is where, where both those books were really helpful and informative. Yeah, I mean, Cooper, well, um, let's see, Cooper's novel that he did most recently mm. i learned mm-hmm. a lot from that because it was cool and i it was yeah. it was a different a, a life less a life less monogamous a life less monogamous yeah, yeah. it was um it, something that i like a relationship structure that i wasn't currently in or that mm-hmm. i didn't really know a lot about and even though it was in a novel form i was right. like wow was this is incredibly story, informative yeah based on his personal experience exactly yeah. and that yeah. was super super cool definitely um uh, and then the last one that we yeah. want to cover here is um the loss of a major relationship for you or a partner mm-hmm. so this you know we all understand that dealing with breakups can be hard um, but in polyamory there's an added level of difficulty where if you have a major breakup, you're still with your other partners. That yeah. you you don't quite have that same. 
I don't know if you'd call it a luxury of getting to kind of retreat into yourself and just sort of throw a pity party for a while. Um, or maybe it's good that it kind of forces us not to go there and yeah. to try to stay present with our other partners. Yeah. Um, but it also, you know, if, if you have a partner who gets out of a serious relationship, there's going to be a lot of changes. One yeah. of those might be that they suddenly have a bunch more free time mm-hmm. that they want you to help fill. Same if you have the breakup. You might yeah. want your partner to spend a bunch more time with you, and sure. they might already be busy. Or you, yeah. know, you might be like, I can't see you this much, or, I, okay, I want to support you, and then you end up stressing yourself out. Yeah. Like, that's something to really be aware of. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and then also that it could make someone a lot more sensitive or a lot more afraid of certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely found that that's something that's happened in my relationships when... Uh, partners or myself have had major relationships and that that will be more sensitive to certain things that had to do with that old relationship sure that weren't a problem before in ours but then kind of become this yeah. issue because you have this fear around yeah it, you're taking there's emotional baggage from the old relationships it, and putting exactly. it into the new one yeah exactly yeah 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 definitely it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their sites specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store, and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. Uh, all right. So something that we were kind of um, dancing around earlier, mm-hmm. let's let's get to it now, mm-hmm. is that e- even a change in a relationship that's not necessarily a loss. So like, like my example of a relationship changing to become long distance. Yeah. That... You're not losing your I'm not losing that relationship. Yeah. It's just changing. Mm-hmm. But this is still... There's still a sense of loss. Yeah. And there's still a sense of grieving mm-hmm. and mourning that goes along with that. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that's really important is to allow yourself to grieve. Yeah. 
um, is to understand that like that it's okay to be sad about a change, even if you know your logical mind is like nothing bad is happening. Like yeah. you can't be upset about this. Like but to accept like change is an emotional thing. Yeah, you and know? not all emotions are rational. Right. Yeah. Yes, that's also a recurring theme. Indeed, of all of, of us for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So in addition. If something's happening where your partner, for example, is having a lot of new relationship energy Mm, and you mm -hmm. feel as though, you know, this is a big change, you feel as though they are not spending enough time with you or that it's the quality of time that they're spending with you is not as good as it once was. Mm -hmm. Um, I urge you to give your partners the benefit of the doubt. Uh, A change may be affecting them as well. And then, yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, they you, you need to be understanding of their feelings, understanding that. You know, they may be really excited about something. Again, like, that may not always be there. You can gently nudge them in the direction of, like, hey, I want more quality time with us, mm-hmm. or I want to be able to, you know, feel, um, I don't know, just just like we're spending good amounts of time together or whatever. Right. Like, we talk a lot about the idea of quality over yeah, quantity. Yeah, for sure. That you might think, like, well, they're spending less time with me if they're dating other people. Yeah. Um, or, like, are they going to, you know, that, a fear that they're going to love you less or something because right. all this new relationship energy is coming up. But, you know, focusing on the time that you do spend together, having yeah. it be really quality time. Exactly. And not just more time. Yeah. Like I mean, love is not a quantitative thing. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, that's something I've definitely found is is helpful with that. But also, mm-hmm. like you're saying, give your partner the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And this is true, too, for, say, that the two of you move somewhere. Sure. You might feel like this move is really difficult for you, and it barely affects your partner at all. Yeah. Um, it probably is affecting them more than you think it is. Yeah. Uh, and also maybe more than they even think it is, if, mm-hmm. if they feel very strong about it. Uh, you know, this is something that... Uh, you know, with with saying goodbye to Dedeker just recently when I was yeah. coming back from spending a month with her in Japan, um, you know, it was really hard and it felt like I was really upset about it and it didn't affect her as much. Mm. Um, and in talking about it more, started to really understand how much it did affect her. Yeah. Uh, and we just have different ways of showing it. And For so sure. that idea of giving your partner the benefit of the doubt that... Yeah. that um, you know they're they're also going through stuff too. Yeah, that you're not alone. I Absolutely. Guess I'll go back to that theme, <laughs> uh, and then also that we always aren't aware of the way that that change is affecting us. Yeah, like I said, you know that that you know maybe I'll be more. You know, change could be happening in my life, like a new job or a loss of a job, and I might change in the way that I behave with my partners and not even know it. Yeah, right, or with my friends or or whoever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is something that comes up jealousy, which we've talked about a lot, uh, mm-hmm. in different ways, but yeah, I mean, especially if you're, you're going from a mono to a poly relationship, um, jealousy can come up, um, and, and that, you know, jealousy, you can accept your own jealousy and your own feelings. Mm-hmm. And again, that they're not always going to be rational. Um, but in addition, don't necessarily blame your partner for your emotions. Like jealousy isn't sure. rational. Jealousy isn't going to be their fault for your feelings of jealousy. Mm-hmm. But instead, like, you know, try to figure out like, am I feeling, I don't know, inadequate in some way. Again, am I feeling like my time is going to be, taken away with this partner because they're all of a sudden 
spending time with more people like what is it that i'm afraid of and try to address those things right yeah it's something that that we've talked about that we talked about on our uh, five ways to suck less at communication episode mm-hmm. um about nonviolent communication yes very uh, important yes well one, of, one of the things do. one of the things in there is sort of separating out what's happening from the effects of it yeah uh, and so like something that's that's really common like both in positive and negative is this expression of you make me happy or you make me feel good or you make me jealous or you make me feel insecure and it's if you listen to the language it's you are making me feel something yeah regardless of whether it's negative or positive right and and the truth of it is that something might be happening or someone may be doing something, but your feelings are your own. Yes. They're coming from yourself. That's not to say that, you know, we're Vulcans who have control over all of our emotions or, you know, should strive to not feel them or something. That's not what I'm saying. No. But just to understand that they're coming from within. They're coming from the combination of your past experiences and your beliefs and, you know, all of this. And that it's not someone else or some event making you feel that, but that you are just feeling it. Yeah. So in nonviolent communication, the idea is to say, I am you know, feeling you, you know, this is the situation that happened. Yeah. And this is how I feel. It's yeah. kind of an and statement sure. rather than a because of yeah. statement. And you're kind right? of like placing the feeling away from your partner. You're not like pushing the situation on them and saying like right. You're not making you it made their me fault. do this, you are this, you yeah. are that. Yeah. Rather like right. this situation has mm-hmm. made me feel this way. And my feelings mm. and my reaction to them are my own entirely. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that isn't to say that it's not you know, that the solution might not be connected to sure. something that they're doing or something that they're going to do or, you know, something they can do to help, but there's something really important about separating out those things so yeah. kind of taking ownership of your own jealousy and your own feelings not saying like well because they're my own feelings you don't have to do anything to help me sure but but, but you know taking responsibility for them yeah and also taking responsibility for trying to make them better and trying yeah. to improve them and not just saying like well my partner needs to figure that out yeah i mean yeah. you're not always gonna be right like Right. Yeah, sure. you can have yeah. feelings and they're not necessarily going... I mean, your feelings are your own and, like, <laughs> they're valid, but yeah, you can also, like, sort of piece apart, like, the reasoning behind them and then sort of move forward from them. And mm-hmm. that's not going to necessarily be your partner's problem or their fault. Yeah. Something that, that I want to share that Dedeker and I talked mm. about that, that she was reading in an article recently... Um, I, I don't remember what the article was, but uh, if she remembers, I'll see if we can put it in the notes for this. Lovely. Uh, but it was talking about um, sulking, like in mm. relationship, when you're not getting what you want and you sulk and you pout about it. Huh. Um, because of whatever it is, your partner's not spending enough time with you or they're not having enough sex with you or they're, you know, not whatever. And basically this, uh, this author was saying that they believe that this comes from our first experience of love in our lives, Hmm. which is from our parents when we're babies. Yeah. And as a baby, you're unhappy about something or you're uncomfortable. And so you whine or you cry and your parents, because they're your parents, 
just start trying things. Yeah. And they basically early in life, they know what you need better than you do. And so they're constantly just guessing and trying to figure out what it is that you want and just kind of always doing all of the solving for you because you don't have the capability to ask for what you need. Or maybe you don't even understand yet that like, Oh, I'm upset because I'm hungry. Maybe you don't even understand that yet as a baby. And so that we carry that forward into our lives and that if we don't feel like we're getting what we want from our partners, there's this part of us that wants to be loved in that way that we were as babies where our partners try to find the solution for us Mm. that they would just sort of endlessly dote on us and try different things and try to figure out what's going to make us feel better. That's really interesting. Uh, And that it's an important thing to be aware of both in terms of yourself that, you know, the importance of realizing that they're not your parents, that love is different as an adult and that you need to be clear about what it is that you want. Um, yeah, and take responsibility and take, for take it. Take responsibility for yeah. it and also don't feel like there's something wrong with them because they're not figuring out how to solve your problems. Yes. Uh, and then on the other side of it, too, is using this knowledge as a way to be a little more forgiving of mm. your partner when they are sulking like that and understanding that it is that childlike part of themselves. It's not this adult manipulative no. thing but it's necessarily like, but it's I, a I deep, want love it's a deep thing that they want love they want to be taken care of yeah and they kind of be all? forgiving of that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i am human and i need to be loved what the fuck is that just song? like everybody else does oh, oh, yeah. oh i've heard that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> told you it was gonna be a musical episode yeah apparently it is for sure <laughs> that was beautiful singing just thank you um yeah the last thing i just wanted to uh say this is a little quote from franklin vo um in his book the game changer uh, and I really love this quote. He says that, um, like I said, it takes courage. Letting go of the idea that the way things are now is the way they should always be is gutsy. But then life rewards courage. And I mean, mm-hmm. heck yes, because, <laughs> you know, polyamory, like, I was scared to death of it for a, a while, like a good six months. Mm-hmm. But I think it has been uh, one of the more profound things in my life. And it did take a lot of courage from myself. And it took a lot of courage from Jace, you know, knowing that like this was going to be very difficult for me. But mm-hmm. we sort of persevered and like continued to move on and, and keep going with it. And I think especially for him, too, I mean, this is like very much you are unapologetically poly like you like to say and (laughs) and it has changed our life i think for the better um in a very profound and huge way so Mm -hmm. that's that's a really that's a really good thing and change can really be for the better yeah so and i I hope that for those of you out there that whether or not you are poly yourselves Mm -hmm. that that it, it that it as a thing that exists and that we talk about on this show can be something that improves your life as well. Yes. Um, And, uh, and if it is uh, to, to wrap this up here, uh, something that would help our show a ton uh, is to write us a review, go on iTunes or on Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if we have helped you write us a review about that, Mm -hmm. it helps us show up higher in search results. It helps new people find the show. Uh, and it also makes us feel amazing, and uh, and it's what motivates us to keep doing this. Yeah. Um, also, if you guys want to support us on Patreon, that's also hugely helpful. Uh, both of those things are honestly like the the two biggest things that you could possibly do to help us keep doing this show. Yes, really, we love it so much. Uh, yes, we please do. 
send us your questions and your thoughts to info at multiamory.com. You can also tweet at us at multiamory or find us on Facebook, multiamory. And we love hearing from you guys. And uh, sometimes it might take us a few weeks to get back to you, but we respond to every email that we get personally. Uh, So thank you guys so much for writing in. And uh, we love you. And we'll see you next week. Yes. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.